We want to take a second to thank you for supporting Womance by listening to our podcast. One great way that you can continue supporting us, including those listens, is hitting subscribe, telling a friend, leaving a review. That stuff all really matters. Sharing it on your personal social media is another great way to spread the word about Womance. And another option for supporting us, if we may be so bold, is to recommend going to our Patreon, where you can donate as little as a dollar a month to help us spread the word of woe. If you want to contribute more than a dollar a month, which obviously no pressure, whatever you've got, we are so appreciative to have, but we have awesome gifts for you. If you want a hand-addressed letter from Morgan and Isabeau, maybe with some special woe stickers, other merch, just uh, visit our Patreon. We are Womance on Patreon, or is it patreon.com forward slash Womance? We would be very proud to call you one of our patrons. fucking do it do a wonus yeah let's do a wonus 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 content well hello there isabel well hello there morgan uh how are you doing this fine first thursday of march the year of our lord 2022 well, you know, my mother used to say that March comes in like a lion, goes out like a lamb, or it comes in like a lamb and goes out like a lion. And then when I was a kid, I just imagined the lion eating the lamb in whichever order. So that's kind of how I'm feeling right now. Okay. Like a mixed metaphor type of like <laughs> folk wisdom that I don't understand and people keep repeating at me. I remember the lion and the lamb thing. I remember in kindergarten, we would talk about the weather each day of March, and we would determine if it was a lion day or a lamb day, and then we would put a lion or a lamb on the calendar. That's very cute. I like that a lot better. It is cute. Think about the grubby little hands with the sticky tack on the back of the lamb or the lion. Talking about the weather. That's got to be hilarious. Five-year-olds talking about the weather. I bet it sounds a lot like 55-year-olds talking about the weather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was wet today. <laughs> wet tomorrow. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you brought up, you know, perhaps the monstrous because I am excited to share that for the month of March – Isabel and I will be reading and discussing exclusively monster romances. Wah, 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 wah. It's not even October. It's not even October because you know what? Monster romances are evergreen and they've become evergreen. Oh my God, pun intended. In recent times, we've started to see like – um. You know, it used to be much more of a niche to read about a creature making love, right? Or they would have to transform into a human. Um, and so I'm really excited to 
kind of fully immerse myself in this subgenre of the genre we love so well uh, and read a bunch of romance, uh, monster romances for, pause for name, Monster March. They did the Monster March. They did the March. This was my idea. This was your idea. And I went along with it because I thought it was brilliant. But I set some rules. First of all, I did not consider alien or extraterrestrial romances as a part of this. I wanted mythological creatures. I wanted them to be permanently in their form. Already blew it, but we did our best. And we also tried to get a diversity of monsters. I was going to say a diversity of publications, but none of these came out in a <laughs> paper copy. They're all internet releases. <laughs> They are all internet releases. So this Monster March, uh, we will be discussing in no particular order. Uh, if I pull up my list here, our first romance novel is about a squid monster, a, thul- a cosmic squid monster. It's called Accidentally in Love by K.L. Hires. K.L. Hires is also in their downtime uh funeral director um so they like to play in goth spaces all the time um and that was a selection by isabeau i do love squids and that's why she chose it as as you may have longtime listeners will know the first uh erotic fan fiction isabeau ever read was about davy jones from the pirates of the caribbean series uh with his squid beard Correct. I was changed. I was literally changed by that fanfic. And I'm never going to be the same. There was a before that fanfic, and now there is an after. Next, we're going to read Love, Laugh, Lich by Kate Pryor, which is a workplace romantic comedy, except the workplace is death. Awesome. Uh, And the tagline is... These sex magic rituals aren't OSHA compliant. <laughs> that is so good. I love workplace monster stuff because there was this wonderful adult cartoon in the late aughts, early teens, Ugly Americans. <gasps> I loved the shit out of that yes! show. It had really great character arcs. And it was also just this like screwball office comedy where it was like it perfectly encapsulated the awful boredom of an office job and everything that goes with it, but also had demons and monsters and trees that wanted to fuck. And everything about it felt so fresh at the time. And I was like, why isn't there more of this in my life? So I'm very excited about that text as well me too um and then next we're gonna read another isabeau pick dragon bound by thea harrison why'd you pick this one isabeau if you spend a lot of time on romance landia you will hear <laughs> subtweets and retweets of subtweets about the romance novel where a lady fucks a dragon in his dragon form. And it took me a while to figure out what the title of the book was and who the author was. And once I put it together, I was like, you know, this will work perfectly for uh, Monster March. Yeah. So if you had your sexual awakening watching Dragonheart, 
you may enjoy Dragon Bound by Thea Harrison. Or if you ever got curious watching Game of Thrones and you were like, I loved watching those dragons grow up. What the hell is it? Like, at first I was like, Isabel, that's weird. Those dragons are like cats. And then I was like, Isabel, that's weirder. And then they got You're really talking big. about raising your sex partner. That's 100% what lots of romance novels are about, though. Um, Moving right along. Too true. Too true. (laughs) Obviously, that's going to be a stinky marsh that we (laughs) sail through. Um, The final uh, monster book is going to be Deceived by the Gargoyle, um, which is by Lillian Lark. I saw this book recommended uh, by at Feminist Romance on Instagram. Um, and I also love the cover art. It is beautiful. That's why I wanted to read it. That and Gargoyle uh, is an interesting monster. Agreed. Do you remember that cartoon Gargoyles? I do. I'm really glad that you brought it up. The super hot gargoyle named Goliath. Did one of them like eat pickles or like jalapenos or something? I have this vague memory of that. And I I don't know if it's real or not. The funny one? It's correct. It's real. Also, cool thing about that TV show. It was done by the same art people who did the Batman cartoon from the early 90s. And for you Star Trek fans, uh, Commander Riker is the voice of the main antagonist. Wow, those are two very cool facts. <laughs> I'm glad you were able to identify them even as they sped by on their motorcycles. <laughs> you don't know what it was like to be a child who was forced to watch Star Trek Next Generation as one of the only ways you could participate in family TV night. And you watch it and it's going over your head and blah, blah, blah. And then to hear Commander Riker on your afternoon cartoon and you're like, oh my God, he does something else. That makes a lot of sense about Batman because they, I think they also reused a lot of the sets. Uh <laughs> That's the thing that you can do. And there's also not a lot of depth of field on bodies, not a lot of perspective and shading. Lots of, yeah, lots of flat noses unless they were in profile. Yeah, yeah. But also quite gritty. Yes. Quite a gritty program. Do, 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 do. That is, of course, famously the theme song for Gargoyles, the cartoon. (laughs) I don't think it's that far off. It's not that far off. But that was also... Uh, From Law and Order Mm -hmm. Jr. Law and Order Jr. They were solving crimes. It was a very corrupt city. It also had... The main antagonist was a proto-Elon Musk who had a three-story penthouse in what is essentially Gotham City. Um, And he imported the gargoyles from their native Eastern European habitat and put them on top of his penthouse and waited for them to come alive. I don't remember that part. It's in the opening of every episode. <laughs> like, if you went back well, and watched it. <laughs> he went behind the eastern block and he found some marble blocks and he thought maybe they'll come alive. So he brought them back to New York City and he put them in a penthouse. You're right. Now I remember the, the theme song. Then he waited them to come alive. They came alive. They became friends with a lady cop who can't do her job. Without the help of these gargoyles, 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 gargoyles. Can you guys believe I made that up just now off the top of my head? That was amazing. That's fucking crazy. That's the first 
premise. I like how someone was like, I love the development meeting they were in when someone was like, but how did the gargoyles get to New York City? Obviously, an eccentric billionaire <laughs> took them from a rubble castle in the former Eastern Bloc. Nobody asked to see his permits. <laughs> And he just put them on his big ass tower in New York City. Seems right. There are gargoyles like in New York already. Yes, there are. So I guess I just assumed that was where they came from. No, these like, I mean, it's actually quite a tragic and traumatic story. Their entire race is murdered and they're the lone survivors. They were kept in the dark for centuries. So then they also wake up in modern times and then they have to learn about stuff like pickles and jalapenos. They really love New York food. There's definitely an influence of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles there. I don't want to say that Gargoyles is derivative. (laughs) Where isn't there an influence of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, though? I mean, when you become a canon text. 100%. It's all uh, Sound and Fury and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Correct. I just find that, like, they really did not have to explain it that hard. Also, would you like to know a fun fact? I would love to know a fun fact. I love fun facts. Here's another one of those, I'm sorry, excuse me, cool facts. A gargoyle serves a purpose on a building in that it sluices water away from the roof. A grotesque is just ornamental. Mm. Then technically these all would have been grotesques because they're not sluicing water off the building. I know. I will write a letter to the author of Deceived by the Gargoyle and I'll be like, I you better hope that this creature sluices water in this text. So that's also what's wrong with the gargoyles in the Disney version of the Hunchback of Notre Dame? No, they sluiced water. They had water coming out of their mouths. Did they? When it rained. I only remember Mm -hmm. the one with the pigeon nest. Yeah. The real gargoyles on Notre Dame, which is a real place, serve that purpose. So I would assume Mm -hmm. uh, the gargoyles at our former institution, the University of Chicago, are actually grotesques. But if there's no water sluicing... Going on and deceived by the gargoyle. Spoiler alert, it's a no man's. I bet there's sluicing. (laughs) Whether or not it's rainwater remains to be seen. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah, so those are the books we're going to read. Sorry if we use the term sluice incorrectly. And uh, yeah, I hope that you'll join us on our reading adventure. I'm really excited because the books we selected, they're funny books, they're scary books, they're crime-solving books. Um, we got a pretty good range going on, and uh, which seems like monster romances are kind of where it's at. You can tell because they're all kind of in the indie publishing things, virtual only. I think that means they're cool. They're also asking interesting questions like what makes something sexy, what kinds of fear titillation are fun to explore and I think like it's a perfect way to ask bigger questions about what romance is doing uh so join us won't you while we do the monster march they did the march loosen those woes but never your nusses Woli guacamole, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of Womance. Womance is hosted, produced, and edited by my friend Morgan. And by my friend Isabel. 
Our logo artwork is by another friend, Mary Reichman. You can find her on Instagram at m.reichman, spelled R-E-I-S-C-H-M-A-N-N. Original music by Nick Gravelin. And our webmistress is Jane Bonzak. They're the best. You're also the best. We so appreciate your support by listening. Please consider taking this to the next level by following, rating, and reviewing. We read every single review. Or even check us out on Patreon. If you'd like more woe in your life, you can connect with us on Instagram at womans and on Twitter where we are at mans underscore woe. Or you can find more episodes and content at womanspodcast.com. If you have an idea or just want to reach out, please email womancemail at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Womance is a part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts to add to your romance collection at frolic.media backslash podcasts. Until next time.